Hello and welcome to Off Time Jive. My name is Tyler Pino. And I'm Gian Gomez. So Gian, Game of Thrones, man, it's over. It's over for another fucking year. I tell like I feel like every time this happens, I I feel like a little part of me has died. And now <laughs> I'm like, well, what am I gonna do for the rest of the fucking year? Um just wait for that Game of Thrones. Yeah, just just sit on the internet and, and talk about it. Um because I don't have like a life like most people do. Um, my life really boils down to the media that I consume, and this is the big one. Anyway, uh, Game of Thrones season six has ended. The last episode, The Winds of Winter, um, one of the highest rated episodes of any television series of all time. It did really, really well. Um, what did you think of it, sir? If you had uh, to just assign a numeric the value, the whole out of season. 10. The whole season well, or just the yeah. finale? Uh, yeah, go with the whole season. What would you, uh, out of 10? Uh, I, I'd give it like an 8. It was definitely one of the better seasons yeah. um, I, of the past. It was definitely a lot better than season 5. Like, a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, no, I would say, I, I don't know. Because, like, the episodes, they kind of waffle for me. Like, I, I liked a lot of them, and then I really disliked some of them. But yeah, I'd, I'd give it like a seven and a half, seven and a half out of ten, maybe for the whole season. But this last episode, holy shit, um, a lot of stuff happened. This was uh, looking back on the entire series, it's like I think more plot relevant crap came to a head in this episode than like the previous five seasons, six seasons combined. I was like, holy shit, everything's going down. I, yeah, I was just surprised at like how much they did with this very last episode, and this yeah. was like the typical runtime too, right? This wasn't a no. This was a little bit longer. I think um, usually they run around fifty-five minutes. This was uh, over an hour. I think You're it right. might have been seventy minutes. Oh shit! Yeah, so we started off in King's Landing. This was um, this was interesting. All around, just from an atmospheric level, that music that they were playing. Oh my god! Yes, the music was so good. The it was the yeah, like was intro. Haunting. Yeah, didn't they? Did you? Did they add that, or was that always there? The um, like the Dorn fucking the little Dorn statue thing. Oh and yeah, like um, the, uh... yeah. That's I think it's there when uh, Dorn is plot relevant. I don't know if it was there for the rest of the season. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, "Where? Why is that there? I don't remember seeing that before. What's going on?" Yeah, but uh, oh, I, no, I was talking. Was amazing. Yeah, I was talking about the, the the actual first scene. But now, now that you mentioned that, this was also our first time uh, going back to Winterfell and getting the Stark banner instead of that fucking flayed man of House Bolton. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, no King's Landing. That piano music. Uh, Ramin Jawadi, I believe the the composer's name is. Always great, but but particularly interesting this season. I heard some co- a couple of people complaining about it actually because they were like, "Well, we've never really had music like that in Game of Thrones, so it was kind of jarring." And I'm like, "Well, it's supposed to be jarring. I mean, this major thing is about to happen. Um, so what that major thing is? Cersei Gion did not show up for her trial, and why surprise. do you think that is?" Were you at all surprised by the wildfire incident? Because I've heard from a lot of people that said that like that was a shocking twist in Revelation. But to me, I was kind of like, well, they 
they kind of telegraphed it. They they talked about the wildfire caches uh, a couple episodes ago. When, the yeah, episode I that thought they banned trial by combat. Yeah, I thought that was really weird that that was brought up, and I mean, I mean, I completely kind of forgot about it um, after the episode was over until this, you know, until this latest one. Right. But um, yeah, that was fucking. I mean, that was crazy. I was I was really impressed by that. I was I don't know, just that intro to that first episode to, to that last episode. Yeah, it was great. Um, we saw. I think the the biggest disappointment for me in all of that, although I. I I understand why it happened, um, and I, I, I think it, it works within the context of the universe blowing up the septum, <laughs> killing just everyone. I mean, this was like a Red Wedding-level incident, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, what I was going to say was, I, I am kind of disappointed that we don't know what uh, Marjorie had up her sleeve, what the High Sparrow had up his sleeve. You were telling me before we started, though, uh, Natalie Dormer who plays Marjorie, she had something to say to that. What was that? Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's, like, confirmed. I read it somewhere. I can't remember the source now, but um, I think it was, like, one of those GOT facts on, like, Instagram, one of those pages. Uh-huh. Um, but it had said that she was really pushing to, like, work on some new project. So she wanted them. That's kind of, like, what how the decision came down to get rid of her on the show. Right. So yeah, I guess if she, yeah, if she has other scheduling. I'm I'm surprised that they they went with that, but um, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, they're trying, it seems, to to wrap up a lot of loose ends really fast now. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but it was pretty big news uh, for the last week or two. Apparently, Benioff and Weiss D and D they said that they're planning to wrap the series up in 15 more episodes. Wait, so, so does that mean we're going to get like a season and a half? or? Well, what it what? means is we're going to get two shorter seasons from what they're saying. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't I, like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like that, that either. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I get what some people say. They're like, well, at least we're not going to have to deal with filler, um, which filler episodes of Game of Thrones have been a problem in the past. Um but now, when the series is coming to a head like this, I don't think that there really is a whole lot of room for filler. I think that you mm-hmm. could do another two full 10-episode seasons and still have the episodes seem very, very lean. But I don't know. I, yeah, I don't like the idea that it's just uh, 15 more episodes. And going back to the Natalie Dormer thing, I'm, I'm just hoping that the series isn't falling apart because nobody wants to do it anymore. Um D&D also said that, like, what it part of it comes down to is, yeah, it just takes up a lot of time, and everybody kind of wants to move on at this point. Right. I mean, they've been doing it for uh, six years now. We get to watch Game of Thrones for ten episodes a couple months out of the year. Um, but for the actors and the crew and everybody else, that is their entire year. Um, it takes up, like, 100% of the time, and... Uh, you know, you're away from your families, you're away from your life, you're not doing other stuff, but still, it's like, come on, dude, you signed up for this. Just <laughs> at least finish it up appropriately. But, uh, yeah, man. So, let's count the fucking 
death toll this just had. <laughs> it's it's like everybody's gone now in King's Landing. It's just Cersei. Um, no more High Sparrow. No more Tyrells. The only Tyrell left is uh, Lady Elena. Um, which, that's weird to me, too. Because everybody's treating this like there's only one Tyrell left. Like Cersei just eradicated House Tyrell. Which, that shouldn't be true. Um, I remember in the earlier seasons... Uh, when the Tyrells first got to King's Landing, they were trying to marry Sansa off to one of uh, the to lesser s- lords in House Tyrell, who All was right. a cripple. the crippled. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's got to be around, and I would imagine that such like they're the wardens of Highgarden, or no, Highgarden is their castle. They're the wardens of the Reach. I would imagine that such a giant, massive house would have. A lot of people in it, more than like the three that just died. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Seems I have to rewatch uh, that final um, that final scene in the episode with like the meeting between uh, um, ty- the Tyrells and um, the snakes and snakes. The snakes. How snack? Uh, how snack? <laughs> They're back. We'll oh, step so on snack. I was like. Oh shit! They're back. <laughs> I um. love that scene though with them because I felt like it was it was it was Lady Elena was kind of just from the audience perspective and being like, yeah. "Don't talk. We know you have to be here, but shut the fuck up." Yeah, no one yeah, likes yeah. you. She was really not putting up with them, and I was like, "Oh, all right, I get it. You gotta pander to the audience, whatever." There have been uh, online recently. People have been posting pictures of Lady Elena back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. when she first started acting back in the 60s. And, like, comparing her to Marjorie. Oh, yeah. She's, like, beautiful. Oh, my she God. She was yeah, fucking I've hot. I've never seen a picture. She's yeah. crazy. Very attractive lady back in the day. And what's interesting, it does look like, if you look at the young version of her and the young version of Natalie Dormer, it, it looks like they could be related. Um, they don't look, like, identical or anything, but uh, it's like, yeah, that, I could see that. Good casting. Someone did that with a... A picture of the guy playing young Sean Bean and young Sean Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I mean, I guess I kind of saw it, but that guy, yeah, he, like uh, the guy who plays young Sean Bean, is his face is like very jarring, at least to me. Like his chin is super pronounced, and he, I don't his know, head looks too big for his body, kind of. Yeah, it looks strange. Something strange about it. I don't know. There's just something about him. Like I, I thought he was fine. Um, but I, there's something weird about seeing young Ned Stark. I, I would have pictured him being more, like, rugged, big. This guy, he was kind of a... He was kind of skinny. Like a yeah, he looks like a, to be looks like a teenager. Yeah. And I guess at that time he was a teenager. But. So, uh, yeah, no more High Garden. No more... Uh, They'll be back. Yeah. With them snakes. Them snakes. So, well, now that we're talking about uh, young Sean Bean, we may as well get it out of the way. R plus L equals J, more or less confirmed. I mean, Did they everybody... release like a ti- uh, timeline or something? The producers? Uh, what do you mean? They released like a, not a timeline, but... Um, like a family, family tree, tree kind of thing? thing? Yeah, kind of deal. Did they show it being Rhaegar Targaryen as the father? Because they kind of left that out. They didn't. They didn't say think, who the father think, was, but like, who else yeah. could the father be? 
Yeah, I think that's I mean, what it it was pointing to. I haven't actually seen it. I just keep seeing these little articles like, oh, they they fucking put out this thing that proves it, whatever. Yeah, um, I I think it's pretty obvious who the father is. I think the only question at this point is, was it like a rape, as as the Baratheons seem to believe, and as the Starks, Ned anyway says, that uh, Rhaegar kidnapped her like violently. So mm-hmm. I, I think the more popular theory by far is that they probably wed in secret because Rhaegar was an honorable man. Um, he was in the Targaryen lineage. Uh, there's this pattern that emerges and we see that with incestuous relationships um, even in, in modern Game of Thrones with, with the Lannisters. It's like you get two decent people for every crazy person. Um, (laughs) And Rhaegar seemed to have been one of the decent people by all accounts that we ever hear of him. He was a very, they describe him as like a very sensitive man. He was like a a, a musician and an artist. And he wasn't really a fighter until he had to be. And then when he was, he was a brilliant fighter as well. But the entire story is there was a, tournament held where Rhaegar won the jousting match and as is tradition in Westeros you are to crown a lady in the audience um, as the queen of love and beauty and so everybody figured that that would be Elia Martell who was his wife uh, or his but no it had to have been his wife because he had kids with her I think anyway (laughs) So that that throws a wrench in the idea that they were married, huh? Fuck, I just, I just, I just pieced that out. Anyway, everybody thought it was gonna be Elia Martell, but he, she he crowned um, Lyanna Stark, and that was the start of that. And then later on, uh, she went missing, and they figured that he kidnapped her. But I don't think that's true. But he can't be married to two people, unless he can. Man. I don't know. <laughs> so either way, John would be a bastard. Man, he He'd either be a, a bastard Targaryen or a bastard Stark. Meaning he can't inherit lands. This whole thing with him being king in the north, that's just bullshit. Right. So you think it should be Salsa? Um, I think of, yeah, of the people in Winterfell. <laughs> not that I like Salsa, as, as, as everyone knows. Oh, yes, I, we know your dislike of Salsa. I think, made it very clear. I think she is fully responsible for Rickon's death. Um, I think there was no reason for her to withhold information about the Knights of the Vale. And I think it would have changed the strategy dramatically had she just fucking told John. St- like, when she's talking to John in, in, in the Bastard Bowl, she's like, well, why wouldn't anyone listen to me? Why didn't someone ask me? And he's like, okay, give me your advice. She's like, I don't have any. I'm like, well, then shut up. But she did have advice. She could have been like, well, you know, um, Littlefinger did offer to send the knights, and uh, they're coming. To be fair, she did try to stall them in as much as she was like, well, we have to talk to House Kerwin and see if they'll help. But he was like, no, we got to fight with the army we have. So anyway... Yeah, no, of the of the Starks that are still in Winterfell, which there's only one at this point, it should technically be Salsa, because the Starks, House Stark, they were the kings of winter for thousands of years, and that's how that worked. Um, I was, 
I've been arguing this with lots of people online um, about how the whole line of succession works and how, how crowning a king would work if they were to secede the way they did in um, A Clash of Kings. People seem to think that because the way that D&D handled it, they were like, well, all the northern lords want John to be king, so they're going to crown him king. And that would be fine if, that was, if there was historical precedence for that within this universe. But when they crowned Rob, it wasn't because he was the most popular. Um, it was because he was the heir to Winterfell, and Winterfell was the seat of the king of the north. So when they're crowning John, it doesn't really make sense. Because it would be Sansa, or being that they both know Bran is alive, technically it should be Bran by rights, but I'll give them that because there's no reason for Bran to be alive from their perspective, um, being that he left uh, to go north of the Wall like three years ago within the show's timeline. But... I don't understand how it ended up being John, and I certainly don't understand how Cersei ended up getting crowned. Oh um, man, that wasn't that, that was so stupid. I was yeah. like, okay, I I get it, like everyone's fucking dead, but you you guys are really gonna pick her as the new fucking ruler of King's Landing? I was like, you what the f- after all this history, like mm-hmm. everyone's just gonna be like, okay, like okay, whatever. She's got a giant frankenstein man and an evil uh wizard guy yeah uh but and these apparently murderous children that live in the fucking sewers or whatever um Mm -hmm. but there's no fucking way that they would choose her as like the new ruler of king's landing well it doesn't make any sense from like a line of succession like from a lawful standpoint um Mm -hmm. you could make the argument that she has right of conquest in that she killed everybody else and she's just right. now she kind of strong arming herself in. Yeah. But I just like from a logistical standpoint, there's something that doesn't add up with that for me where it's like, well, the Tyrells still have the largest army in Westeros. I mean, none of them were in the sept uh, when it exploded and Lady Olena has every reason to want to uh, fight Cersei. Um, she may have taken the Tyrell army out. I would assume that actually, well, obviously she did because we see a lot of them sailing with Danny at the end, um, mm-hmm. after Varys teleports back to Marine within the course of one episode. Right. Which I was like, what the fuck? What's going on? Uh, that's been my favorite thing online, watching people melt down about They're like, he was just in Dorne. How is he back in Marine? They've been doing that a lot this season, the whole teleportation thing. Well, one of the lead writers on the show went on Twitter and was like, look, I understand that people are upset about this. For the first three, four seasons, we like really, really bent over backwards to to try to make the timeline work in a way that like everything synced up. Feasible. But he's like, what you just got to accept now is that not all of these segments are taking place concurrently. Sometimes they'll be way in the future. Sometimes they'll be way in the past. They just... To write it that way, I mean, his exact argument was he didn't want to spend four episodes with Arya on a boat. He didn't want to spend right. ten episodes with Varys. And I, I, I get that. Um, so whatever. It's just we have to deal with that now. 
I mean, I don't, <laughs> that I was don't think, that never, was probably the I've most. I've never been one to like get upset about that kind of stuff because like when I watch an episode, I'm just like if that happens, I just assume it's taking place in a future time, like not too far off, but you know, still sure relatively soonish so it's never that kind of thing's never pissed me off and i guess i understand why people get mad about it but yeah i I mean that doesn't bother me the only thing that bothered me with teleportation this season was in episode one the uh, sand snakes snakes. snakes. but that's only because like that's not even just a timeline issue it's we saw them on the docks when that boat left like we Mm -hmm. saw the two of them standing there watching the boat uh leave how is it that they were then on the boat I mean, the only argument that you can make is like, well, they took a smaller boat and it got there faster. It just, it doesn't add up. And I would be fine with that if they gave us like an establishing shot of them getting off a boat and sneaking on. But I'm like, that that was a little bit too much. If anything, like, I would have been fine with them killing Tristane um, if it was somebody, like, why couldn't they just like hire an assassin or a conspirator on the boat to do it? I don't see why it had to be Obara and Nim. Um because that just puts a big logical uh, gap in in the story, but whatever. Um, I was going to say, why couldn't they just do that scene, like, towards the end of the episode and just do, like, an establishing night shot or something, you know, something. Yeah, but there I are guess, all kinds of ways that they could have handled it yeah. that would have worked better, but... I don't know. It is what it is. I, a lot of times when these problems happen... It's just from a practical standpoint, um, like it, like what you said, like have them shoot it at night or have it them shoot it in a different location. A lot of times it's just like maybe they can't work it out with the actors. Maybe they can't work it out scheduling-wise, and I understand because this is a show. Like the scope of this show is fucking mind-blowing when you really think about it. Um, all the different locations that they shoot at, all the different actors that they use, all the different... Um, areas of the fucking world just to put one show together. I mean, usually a TV show shoots in one central location, and that's it. If they shoot on location anywhere, it'll all be throughout one city. If not, they'll just do it on the fucking back lot. Um, Game of Thrones shoots more like a movie, and it's like shooting ten fucking movies concurrently. So I understand. You kind of have to... You have to take the bad with the good. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, what do you think of um, Littlefinger and Sansa? What do you think? I don't. What do you think is going to happen with that? I don't like that whole little story. I don't like any of it. It's just stupid. It doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Like, even the the exchange between them with Jon's speech. Yeah. uh, When he's being declared, like, King of the North. I was I was just like Sansa wouldn't I don't know she's I don't like Sansa uh mm-hmm. I don't think she would um hold anything against John about being like ruler of the north I don't yeah. think she would make a good ruler anyway I, Yeah I don't understand necessarily I I don't feel like they've established her as being a schemer um quite in the same way that Littlefinger is, or they haven't really established her as being, or as having any sort of ambition to rule. Yeah, none at all. None at all. Like, just to survive, but that's it. Like, the problem, 
the way that I see it um, is it, it goes back to like season four when they first showed Sansa and Littlefinger together and they were building her up um, to be more of this kind of dark force like him. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody online calls her Darth Sansa when she has black yeah. hair and it that black It really dress. feels like some kind of Jedi shit when they like her and Littlefinger <laughs> are together. Like yeah. the dark side conversing in the shadows. Like, right. It feel, yeah, it feels like but the rule of two. Nothing comes of it. The, and, yeah, yeah, it feels like an emperor and um, uh, uh, apprentice relationship. But yeah. uh, when he was building her up to be Elaine Stone... I think that was it. I think it's, yeah, Elaine Stone. When she was supposed to be his bastard daughter. Yeah. Like, it would have made sense for that arc to conclude um, where it ended right now. The problem is, they did that whole thing in season five where he handed over Sansa to the Boltons, which I can understand that they wanted to keep her relevant in the show and they didn't want to introduce or have to have the audience deal with someone like um, Jane Poole. In the books, uh, the Lannisters and the Boltons conspire to marry off Jane Poole to Ramses. Now, Jane Poole is one of Sansa's friends from childhood. She's a very minor character in the books. Um, Mm -hmm. You see her in the first book and a little bit in the second book. But then when Arya goes missing, they decide to take her, dye her hair black, and try to pass her off as Arya. Um, because oh. Sansa has also gone missing at this point. Uh, she's with Littlefinger, and they're like, "Well, we need a Stark if we're going to, if we're going to put down the Northern Rebellion, if we're going to try to make this work and smooth it over. We need to have Ramsay marry a Stark and then join those two houses." So they give her Jane Poole, and call her Arya. So in the show, they didn't want to have a, a character that you didn't really know and didn't really care anything about to be this big central figure, so they replaced it with Sansa, but that creates this narrative problem where all of that momentum that we were building with Littlefinger and Sansa, it kind of comes crashing down. Uh, then she has to be a victim again. And then there was all the controversy in season five with these gratuitous rape scenes um, where it's like, well, this wasn't even in the books. Why do you have to put it in the show? And I get all that and whatever. Uh, that's a can of worms that we don't even have to open. But it does reset Sansa's character development. It, it brings her from being this like schemer to just being a victim again, which was exactly what she was in the first several seasons. Um, and then when this all resolves, now they want her to be a schemer again, and I just don't get it. Because it seems like she's going back and forth quite a bit in this season. Like, when she and John first meet up, it seems like her intentions are pure. It seems like all she wants to do is get Rickon back and, and get Winterfell back. Um, and then, the next episode, she's like, nah, fuck Rickon. We'll never get him back. We just need to focus on getting Winterfell. <laughs> and so, yeah. th- that that area of the story, I could see her being a schemer. And also withholding the information about the Vale Knights. That's like a little finger move. Um but then later in the episode, we get this this scene with them on uh, on the wall of the Winterfell, one of Winterfell's walls, um, not the wall, when they're discussing, oh, winter's here, um, and they have this like little moment of levity. The white like, dove like, a raven scene. Game. 
What? Or yeah, white dove, <laughs> white yeah. raven. That'd be yeah. funny. Like, what the fuck is a dove doing? In here? <laughs> they sent a dove. I didn't even know they could do that. Then it just seems like she doesn't care one way or another. She's like, well, you should take the Lord's chambers. But then in the after the episode, D&D came out and they said, well, now she's jealous of John. And I guess why? Sophie yeah, Turner. <laughs> Sophie Turner has also been saying this. And I guess. Um, oh, God, what is his name? CIA. Uh, fucking. Well, whatever Littlefinger's actor's name is. I, I don't know why I don't know it. Anyway. He's saying that she's jealous. And I'm like, that just didn't come across in the story at mm. all. I mean, she even smiles when he gets uh, crowned. Yeah, she's she's like freaking full on beaming at him as he walks away in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't fuck. I, I didn't detect any like jealousy or anything in her character. Yeah, I feel like if they need to if, if they're going to make this work, what they need to do early on in season seven is show Littlefinger manipulating her in some right. capacity. If they just start off with her being like, well, now I'm miffed. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see any trajectory that was leading to that point whatsoever. But, uh... How did you feel about um, Filch's death? About who? Uh, Filch's death. Um, Walder Frey. Oh, oh, Walder Frey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... I thought that was a cool little fan service scene. I, I mm. liked seeing Arya cut his throat. I understand people there there are people really nitpicking that scene, like saying, Well, how did she bake those pies? Uh I'm Oh like, my god, do you really fuck care off. How she baked fuck the pies? off, dude. <laughs> wow, man. Just fucking I hate these people. Like just watch just enjoy it. Just watch it. You got your fucking scene and then you're gonna bitch about it. Does I think like what it boils pies? down when to was, is a lot of people online just a fucking pie. <laughs> no, a lot of well, what they're saying is like, how did she kill the phrase and then get them in? The, I guess they you could nitpick it. Oh, to you death. mean with a time constraint? Like, okay, I gotta chop up these bodies. I gotta fucking stuff them in pies. I gotta make these pies. Well, why didn't anybody? Because like you see that finger or whatever. Why didn't anybody in the kitchen realize that she was kind of notice that? I don't know. It's just maybe she dumb. killed everyone in the kitchen. You don't know that. Nobody knows. That's- <laughs> She That's killed what them saying, all, though. dumped them in the moat. Did she kill moat? all of them? All I the think kitchen the only staff thing, are dead. The only thing that slightly bothers me is, like, where did she get that mask? Um, that face mask, obviously, in the mm-hmm. wild yeah. places. But we didn't see her take it. It would have been nice. I was wondering about that. But I don't care. It was a fan service scene. I get it. Somebody needed to kill Walter Frey. And to me, like, watching that scene was fucking awesome. I was like, well, finally. Yeah. Dude, I had, this guy I had gets no... I had like a, I was like kind of curious because like, I mean they pointed out it's a thing like Jamie's like oh he's like oh look this this maid or what, the chick's checking you out yeah like, you don't even have to do anything whatever and he's like eh, I don't want her anyway I want my sister <laughs> and uh, and then like I was like that's kind of weird why is she keep checking him out I was like there's gonna be something I was like is she an assassin like trying to gonna kill Jamie or something like talk to him and then I was like. All right, whatever. And then fucking that scene happened. I was like, oh, cool. All right, awesome. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, so in the books, uh, the Frey Pies, it's it's a, a, a bit of a plot point. Um, Wyman Manderley is the lord of one of the northern houses. Um, and there's a scene with him and Sir Davos uh, where 
they're having the um, phrase for dinner, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, his daughter has this scene where she goes off on the phrase and she's like, fuck you, you're not the rightful rulers, fuck the Boltons, fuck everybody. Um, the Starks are the uh, king in the north. And he, uh, Wyman Manderley, like, disciplines her, but then when everybody leaves, he starts talking to Davos about how um, the phrase murdered his son, and uh, people always ridicule him because he's... Wyman Manderley is known as Lord Too Fat to Sit a Horse. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a really, really fat guy that has to ride around in a litter because he's, he, he can't ride a horse. Um, people make fun of him for that. But then he goes off on this wonderful, wonderful speech talking about how he actually is still a Stark supporter, um, how they have to bide their time and just wait this out. But then it's strongly hinted that he killed uh, the Freys and baked them into pies and then served them to the Freys. Uh, so that's where the Frey pies come from. They were just throwing mm-hmm. that in there as just a nod to the books. But... Uh, yeah, like I'm kind of bummed that that we didn't get that scene because in, that's one of the better scenes from A Feast for Crows. Honestly, it's, his entire speech is wonderful, but you know, it didn't work out that way. Um, show went in a different direction, so be it. But speaking of Sir Davos, one of the highlights of the episode for me is holy shit, he was great talking to Melisandre. Like when they banish Melisandre. Oh yeah, he's just a fantastic actor. I love Liam Cunningham a lot. And yeah, this uh, this was a really good scene for him. I just I felt watched it, man. Um, <laughs> the what? I said I felt it, man. Oh yeah, he's always he's always got a strong presence in that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just yeah, saw him night, in a, a horror movie called uh, "Let Us Pray." Oh yeah, I was thinking about uh, that's that? on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, he's awesome. He's fantastic. Yeah, I've been thinking it. about watching that. It's a cool little indie horror movie. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of Game of Thrones actors in horror movies for some reason. Hmm. Like, um, did you see The Witch? Uh, yeah, yeah. Who is in that? Yeah, two. Uh, the Liza Aaron was in it, and then. All oh, right. Uh, I don't remember what character the guy played. I want to. I was calling him Yorin, but he wasn't Yorin the Black. He was. Uh, was that the one father? Of, one of. Yeah, he was one of the. Lannister Bannerman at some point uh, at Harrenhal. But he was in that too. Then of course Sean Bean and uh and and Kit Harrington both in one of those like Resident Evil movies. Oh god, yeah. And the Silent Hill movie a couple oh, years yeah, back. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and they were both in the Silent Hill movies. Wait, were they also in Resident Evil movies or No, no, no. I I meant to say Silent Hill. <laughs> okay, I was like what? They're in. They're both in Resident Evil movies too. They're just really it's passionate like, about uh, adventure horror games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God, those movies had so much potential, <laughs> and they just shit it all down the toilet. They just were like, "Fuck it. We're not gonna stick to the story. It's gonna go completely <laughs> south." What else we got? Oh, uh, Sam in Old Town. Um, oh, I love that. I love that yeah. scene. That was great. He was yeah. so happy seeing all those books and shit. It was cool all to those... see the Citadel for the first time. Like, yeah, you hear about, a beautiful. lot about it in the books. Mm-hmm. It's a big ass library, dude. And I'm those, a... uh, they had those clocks from the from the uh, theme intro theme song. Oh, the like, like you see those big spinning clocks in the in in the 
intro credits, and they're always oh. there. They had them like dangling from the citadel. Oh shit! I don't remember those. I remember the lights, like the magnifying lights, or whatever. Yeah. Which I was kind of like, isn't that a fire hazard? Like those are giant <laughs> magnifying glasses pointed into a room full of books. I feel like everything is a fire hazard um, in that world. <laughs> in Game of Thrones, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just a lot of lot of open flames, and in in wooden buildings, but. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got there. They didn't know that Aemon Targaryen had died. <laughs> they didn't know. They don't know anything. It's uh, they're not very uh, well informed at the Citadel. No, what the hell? <laughs> they're supposed to be like this great source of information, mm-hmm. but they're very out of touch with the rest of the world. Apparently, yeah. What did what uh, was Sam's thing when he? <laughs> Uh, what was the guy? What did the guy say to Sam when he saw him? He's like, "This is most." He's like, "This is highly irregular." He's like, yeah, right. Well, I, suppose like, is, I suppose life is highly is irregular. Irregular. I suppose my bowels smile. are highly irregular. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, and that baby that's still a baby after like ten years. I don't see oh, how Tom aged eight years in one season, and then that baby is still a baby. Slowest aging person in the the world. (laughs) But it'll be interesting. Sam's plot in Dorne, uh, in Dorne, in Old Town, um, in the books, it's a little bit slow, to be Mm -hmm. honest. But there's also a lot that goes on with, um, he starts studying, like, magic. Because magic is returned to the world. What? He's going to become Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. Sam Potter. Um, I think in the in the show, I think what's going to happen because he stole Heartsbane, and uh, and his dad never chased him to get it yet. Anyway, uh, I think he's going to try to reverse engineer Valyrian steel now, knowing that it kills the White Walkers. Uh huh. But if I were Sam, oh, you mean I'd like turning? Like, I would magic tell like or something. Yeah, I would tell like the Archmaster of Magic there. I'd be like. Hey, dude, um, you're probably gonna believe this when I say it. Uh, a, the White Walkers are back. B, heard a lot, a lot, of, awful lot of rumors about dragons being back. We should probably look into this. Um, so hopefully that happens. But yeah, I think he's gonna try to reverse engineer Valyrian steel and try to like arm people with it. Mm-hmm. Uh. But who knows? Who knows? And what else we got in Marine? Uh, Tyrion has been named Hand of the Queen. I kind of thought that that already happened. <laughs> so when it happened again, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, didn't he already kind of become the Hand? Like, well, I she mean, was he was away. de facto Hand. And like when she left, right. he, he acted in her steed. So he had all yeah. of the responsibilities of a hand but oh well he was officially named um so now i guess she went along with yara Greyjoy and 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 theon Greyjoy. they got their ships and they're fucking heading to westeros that was a crazy scene to watch just because after all these fucking years (laughs) all these all of this build up i was like and I, i i said this on a previous podcast i was like I would be. I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the books she never ends up going to Westeros. 
Like if she just ends up building her own empire in Essos. Um, right. I could legitimately see that happening. Although they do kind of need the dragons to fight the White Walkers probably. Um, before everybody was like, well, yeah, Bran's probably going to warg a dragon to have them fight the White Walkers. But now that uh, I'll say this about that, that whole aspect of him, the Three-Eyed Raven being like, well, one day you'll learn to fly. That was always the fan theory speculation was, oh, he's going to warg a dragon. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think that it was just metaphor because he's the three-eyed raven now. Mm-hmm. And ravens fly. Anyway, it was really cool to see the dragons and everything going to going to Westeros. I guess they're going to start out in Dorne and work their way up now. A lot of people had been saying that uh, Dorne was going to be where she starts and like she was going to ally with the Sand Snakes. Bums me out. I wish it wasn't the Sand Snakes. I wish it was Doran Martell, like it was in the books. <laughs> but what are you going to do? Yeah. So you, you wait. Need, you think she's you headed need to Doran strong right female now. leaders? Um, That's right. Strong female young ladies who can wield spears and fucking and, swords and whips. and whips and shit. Hell yeah! And live in the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also a. There's another Sand Snake in the books who is, um, like, a septa. And she... Oh, she, she's, like, a priestess? Yeah, she's and she's part of uh, Sam's plot in Old Town. Um, mm. I don't know. Maybe they'll show that. I doubt it, though. Interesting. But... So, yeah. Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, man. Game of Thrones, man. They did it. It's over. Well, it's not over, but yeah, the season's over. Well, so what do you think about <laughs> about Uncle Benjamin just kicking Bran off the horse and then being like, okay, bye? Oh, uh, I was fine with it. I mean, oh, you mean, I, oh, I you mean leaving them? Oh, yeah, like yeah. he left them in well, the middle of the leave, fucking forest. Well, because he's um, dead, he can't pass through right, the Right, he can't go. Yeah. But I was just like, well, you could have at least given them that horse. I don't think that horse was dead. <laughs> or brought in them the, a fucking in the pony books, or something. Yeah. You could have done something. Something a ride. <laughs> in the books, uh, he rides around on a giant undead moose, and it's awesome. Holy but, shit, that's even cooler. Yeah. But didn't happen. Um, I don't know what it is about... Uh, D&D and them I don't know if they just dislike Bran as a character or they just mm-hmm. don't know how to handle him but I feel like this was probably the most underwhelming story that I was looking forward to the most going into it um, because in theory that should lead there's so many possibilities that you could do with this whole three-eyed raven thing like you could show him going throughout all of fucking history and learning a lot of stuff about Westeros, but instead we're just kind of given, they use them as this plot device to show who John's parents are. Right. And I'm like, well, why does that matter to him uh, particularly? Like he, when they drop him off, they're like, are you sure you're ready to do this? And he's like, I have to be sure I'm the three eyed Raven. And then he just goes back to the tower of joy. And I'm like, well, okay. So you found out she had a baby, but what are you going to do with that information? Who gives a shit? 
Um, yeah. Why didn't why you're in you? the middle of the woods without an undead horse or fucking moose? You got we know that he can see the future um, because he sees in that vision. Uh, we see the wildfire going off below the sept. Mm-hmm. Why don't you try to like map out a strategy there, champ? Why? Well, like why go to? Why go hey, to? On. He's the got no. He's got no senpai. All right. Who's gonna show him the ropes? He doesn't need a senpai to show him the ropes. He is the senpai now. Um, according to D and D, fucking he, the three eyed raven uploaded his consciousness into Bran, which is a whole nother th- problem here. Because if that's the case, why didn't he know who Benjen was right away? Why didn't he right. know all kinds of things? Um, I don't know. I don't know how this story is going. And I don't know if he's still going to bring down the wall with this uh, this Jedi mark on powers. his arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well, he's got like the mark from the Night King oh, that right. led so them to through. the Three-Eyed Raven's lair. Although, the thing about that, because that's the most widely speculated fan theory online about how they're going to bring the wall down in the show. Mm-hmm. But if they do that, which I wouldn't put it past them. That's kind of really fucking dumb. Because if it, all it took was the Night King grabbing somebody and then having them go south of the wall to negate all of that magic, um, why didn't they just do that with one of the wildlings? Why did they have to sit around and wait for Bran? Like, well, I mean, isn't it isn't it because like Bran is like the chosen special one? Special. I don't know. He's Harry Potter. Well, if he, he's, if he's it is because lived. of that, then I wish they would have said something. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's because he's, I don't know. I don't fucking he's chosen. Know. He's preordained in history, Pino. Even Bran can see that, I guess. But he couldn't see that he made Hodor retarded and then <laughs> killed Hodor. He couldn't see a lot of things. Yeah. Hmm. Um. You know, these uh, these uh, psychic abilities aren't coming in too handy for uh, for the future or the anything really. And that's what I'm. That's what I mean when I say like I don't know if they just don't like that character, they don't like that aspect of of mm. the mythology, or they just don't know, like they have no idea how to handle it. Um, because to be fair, uh, in A Dance with Dragons, Bran only gets a handful of chapters, and like it ends with him first learning to to use this shit, so maybe Germ didn't really give them a whole lot to go on, and they're like, "Well, you know, he could do this, that, and the other thing, so have fun with it." And they're just like, <laughs> "Well, what the fuck do we do with this now?" That would really suck. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. That gives us that gives our writers a lot to go on, George. Thanks a lot. Yeah, but I'd I'm like, gonna go bone my wife now. See you, fellas. I'm gonna later. go not write books forever. Yeah, go stare at I've my got, old computer that's not hooked I, to the internet. I've got six more comic conventions to go to, and and I'm not gonna use my word processor. But yeah, I like because it seems like, uh, from my point of view anyway, it seems like Brand should be the easiest character to write because. He could do fucking anything. Um, right. He's Neo. Yeah. Well, he can be. Unless the unless Germ specifically said no. He's that's not, not Neo. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not Neo. <laughs> Fuck you. I wrote Fuck this before guys. the Matrix even came out. That's right. Um 
uh, yeah, unless he said specifically, like, no, it isn't what you think. But I'm just like, I understand that the Tower of Joy is an important fan theory, but really when you think about it, it doesn't necessarily make any difference to the plot. It's like, okay, so John's a Targaryen. What are we going to do with that information? I mean, if he's crowned king of the north, it doesn't really matter. He's he's the king. They can't really go back on that. Um, mm. And uh, so his, his, his parentage shouldn't matter. He's still 50% Stark either way. Uh, it just, one way he would be a bastard Stark, one way he'd be a bastard Targaryen, unless they married. But like I said, I don't see how that's possible because Rhaegar was already married. Um so I just, yeah, like of all the things they could have done, of all of the answers they could have given us, R plus L equals J, it's it's cool to have that finally confirmed, but it doesn't seem like the most important thing in the world, just from a, a plot standpoint. But I don't know. Well, uh, that's uh, that's about <laughs> the end of the episode, I guess. Yeah. What, what, um, are, you, what, what are your hopes for uh, the upcoming season? I don't. I don't know. I just want to see Arya kill more people. That's I'm all sure I that's gonna see. happen. Because her Who kill more people. Because like oh, of the man. people on her list, I don't see like of the people that are still left. It's just like Cersei. Uh, someone had. I saw some list online. Uh, I think it was on again on Instagram or something. She got a couple more people. Um, she got Lord Dondarrion. Um, Why did she want to kill Beric Dondarrion? I have no idea. That was he the list posted. I was like, "Why?" I don't remember why he's. Yeah, on I don't this honestly list, remember this Arya's list, list off the top of my head. I don't, I don't yeah, I can't. I don't remember all those names. I know Cersei's on it. I know the mountains on it. Uh, oh yeah, the mountain. But he's already undead. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's got to kill him again. Just gotta get him again. She, she took the hound off the list, but as far as she knows, right. the he's technically dead. already been killed, so he can just yeah, he can take he can go off that list, stay off that list. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, why does he? You think Tyrion is gonna? <laughs> you think Tyrion is gonna marry Danny? No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm just gonna. You think... I'm just gonna put that out there, right there. No, I don't. Um, okay. Because I don't think that it would really matter much in the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things. Because she even said to Dario when she left, uh, "Marriage it it's a very important um, strategic element of of conquest." I don't think that marrying Tyrion would really do all that much because even if he gets back and, and goes back to Casterly Rock and takes it over, nobody likes Tyrion. Um, nobody right. in the kingdoms. So I don't think that that marriage would actually solidify any sort of like alliance with anyone. I don't think they would, especially because everybody thinks that Tyrion is a, a, a Kingslayer as well as a Kinslayer, which technically he is. Um, oh, he didn't right. have the best reputation whole, in the Seven Kingdoms, so I don't see what, like, what strategic benefit there would be from her marrying Tyrion. Um, I think, if anything, everybody is speculating that she'll marry Jon, um, and even though they're related, it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. matter because they're Targaryens. Um, mm-hmm. 
I could see that happening, I guess. Uh, I guess. I think in the grand scheme of things, the way that I see it ending, I don't think that the Seven Kingdoms are going to be united again. I think that ultimately we'll have seven separate kingdoms like it was uh, before the Targaryens. Um, or maybe not. I mean, maybe Danny will use the dragons to wipe out the White Walkers and John will be instrumental in that as well. And everybody will celebrate them. I don't know. I could see her marrying um, someone like Sweet Robin or one who of the is, other. Who is Sweet uh, Robin? Uh, Sweet Robin is the, the, the kid that breastfed for way too long. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> but the veil, that's assuming he survives very long. I don't think he's going I to don't live think... very long in the books because yeah, in the books he's, a... he's sickly and frail. And in the show, he's being warded by Littlefinger and Littlefinger has his own political ambitions. Mm. So I think that the most likely candidate uh, to marry, uh, maybe it will be Tyrion now that you say it. Because maybe he'll be able to change people's minds or something. Their hearts. He's got their, their hearts, hearts, bro. He's got them minds. words. Them monologues. Because the whole problem with uh, Danny as a queen is really... In the books, there are some extra Targaryens lying around. Allegedly. What? In the show, those characters were completely written out. Um, but Danny. As far as we know, uh, is barren, and she can't. She wouldn't be able to produce an oh. heir. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because after the dragons were born, or after uh, 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 her son was miscarried, uh, Marie Mazdor, the sorceress, said that she would never be able to carry Bear a child no again. Children. Hmm. Yeah. So. Um, you wouldn't be able to have a, a, a blood-related heir if she's still barren. I think there's a book theory that floats around somewhere that says... Um, oh, okay. So what Marie Mister had said is you will never bear a child again so long, until the sun rises uh, in the yeah. west and sets okay. in the east. Mm-hmm. And now in the books, um, there's a character called Quentin Martell. And he's uh, the the son of Doran and brother of Tristane, um, and he's sent to go court Danny. And so what ends up happening is after Danny flies away with Drogon in the pit that we saw a couple seasons ago, um, Quentin ends up getting killed by a Viserion. So what the speculation is because House Martell's symbol is like a sun with a spear through it. And he's from the West. They're saying that's a symbolic uh, way that the sun rose in the West um, where he was born and then set in the East where he died. So maybe that breaks mm. the spell. Um, I would say that, that, that I, I, now that we've seen that Jon Snow came back and we're pretty much convinced now that he's Azura High, um, one of the... The, the, the requirements for Azura High had to do with like bleeding stars and smoke and all of that. And that ended up being true from um, a symbolic point of view, where one of the people that got killed in that skirmish where John eventually died 
uh, his 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 sigil was like stars, and they bled, and then there was smoke coming from John's wounds, uh, which would really just be steam, not smoke, but whatever. If that satisfies mm-hmm. that, then I'm willing to believe that the Quentin thing would satisfy Daenerys. But we don't have Quentin in the show, so I don't see how they would get around that. Maybe they'll do something. Who knows? But uh, maybe she can produce an heir. Who who knows? Who cares? But it doesn't really matter because she could always declare an Like a, a monarch has the right to declare an heir in their will. Um, in the mm-hmm. books, Rob had a will where he named Jon Snow as his heir thinking that Bran and Rickon were dead and thinking that, uh, or well, knowing that the Lannisters still had had Sansa, um, he didn't want them to be able to use her as a puppet and take the North that way. So he, instead of having the throne passed to her, he gave it to Jon. But then that will ended up, um, ended up uh, going missing. And we haven't seen it yet. And I'm really kind of, bummed that D&D didn't think that that was important enough to put in the show because it really would have solved this whole problem with uh, who's actually the heir to Winterfell at this point but again you gotta take the bad with the good Gian hmm. but I guess that uh, wraps up I, I think yeah wraps up Game of Thrones there <laughs> Game so the of other- Thrones the other thing that I wanted to talk about, dude, did you see there's some leaked set photos from um, Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, I did not. I mean, I saw like one of Tom, what was his name? Tom Holland? Yeah. Um, in costume with a backpack yeah. or something. That was it. That's all I saw. What do you What do you think of that costume? It looks kind of plain. Like it looks well, really like- boring. I, yeah, I don't really have a problem with, like, the body of it. It's just the mask looks so baggy. Yeah, maybe that was it. It just looked... Yeah, I mean, I hope that's going to um, be f- fixed up in, like, post-production. Like, uh, Well, a lot yeah, of people are saying, like, they'll something. still have to animate his eyes anyway, so maybe they're doing the whole mm-hmm. mask. It just it seems weird. People have been comparing it to Deadpool because, um, obviously, Deadpool had animated eyes as well. Um but if you go look at the set, po- the set photos from Deadpool, the mask looks just fine. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like it fits. This looked like, this looked like fucking not even. <laughs> I've seen better cosplay. Like Red I've seen better people bag. at Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. This looks like the Spider Man that hang out in Times Square and charge twenty dollars for a picture. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. But at, at, at the end of the day, I guess I am happy that they're using a costume and not doing one hundred percent CGI this time. Cause that bothered me from the, from from Civil War. Although, yeah, that was kind of annoying. I was like, I, I see a CGI Spider-Man jumping around. What's what's mm-hmm. going on here? It's like obviously you're gonna have to CG some stuff, uh, but for it to be 100% of the Spider-Man scenes, and they even said that. There's an article from um, the people from the the studio that did the the CG for the movie. They said that Spider-Man was CGI in 100% of the shots. Um, there's even a shot where, you know, uh, at the end where Tom Holland kind of takes his mask off. Um, even that's CGI. Like, it's him wearing a green suit and then them going back and digitally adding this Spider-Man costume over top of it. So <laughs> I'm like, we've had, what, five Spider-Man movies now? 
we've had 16 years worth of Spider-Man on screen. Spider-Man. And the costumes always look just fine. I mean, I'd argue that uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 1, uh, I didn't really like that costume. I didn't like the design of it, but it, it looked fine. It fit him. I mean, mm-hmm. it fit the fucking actor. This, Look, I'm like, Pino, oh, don't be an ageist, okay? It's kids but, can grow uh, into yeah, his the body of it. Like, I'm fine with the design of it, uh-huh. more or less. I just don't like those... I don't like those black lines that are going through it. I don't know why, like, every Marvel, uh, uh, Disney Marvel... Superhero has to have this like techie looking costume, and I, I understand that this this, like, Tony Stark built the Spider-Man costume uh, within the context of the plot of this film. But like, what do those black lines do? Mm-hmm. I just I don't know what they're for. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Um, I think so. I didn't really notice them though. Yeah. Uh, well, depending on what picture you saw i think they're only in the back but there's one where he's standing with his back to the camera and and they're pretty pronounced i just i don't i don't get what they're for they just look um arbitrarily techy like it's supposed to look like a some kind of a sophisticated tech suit which i guess it is but what do they do oh this is weird looking they're they are really pronounced yeah, they stand out quite a uh, bit. I think that's going to be like, I mean, it looks like it's just lines before like the post stuff. Like they're going to add something on there. Maybe. Not not necessarily to fill in those spots, but just like just go over those lines. I don't know, because they look really weird. I mean, they're, just, they're there in, in Civil War, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not quite as pronounced. Right, but maybe uh, maybe what'll happen is it, it won't really look that way on camera. Um, I remember there were a lot of set photos of the Captain America costume in the first Avengers movie that looked just awful, and uh, that was because they didn't they didn't put the lighting effects and stuff on it and put the yeah, they didn't do the color it. correction and all of that. But I don't know. Time will tell. I'm sure it'll look fine within the context of the movie, but yeah, that mask, man, that's weird. Oh, man, are they going with this style? There's, like, I'm seeing a bunch of pictures of, like, the goggles. I don't know if you've seen that. Like, the, It's, like, a more hoodie Spider-Man Oh, yeah, like, his, that's his first costume? Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that more than the regular one that I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, those are from Civil War. Um, okay. I guess uh, I don't know if they shot a lot of stuff with him in it, but you only very uh, briefly see it for a second, and like security camera footage that Tony Stark has of Spider-Man being Spider-Man. Hmm. So that was yeah the, his first costume that he built, and then okay. But I don't know, man. I mean, it looks pretty good. Looks better it than is... Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, yeah, I mean, most things oh, do. <laughs> most Dude, things did you see those do. fucking Halloween costume pictures? Yeah, you sent me some. Oh, God. Or, uh, yeah, I looked them up. It was fucking ridiculous. Man, it was bad. Oh, my God, dude. So fucking thick. When is that movie coming out? Is that coming out, like, October or something? August. August, okay. Yeah. Well, can't say I'm uh, marking that down on my calendar. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see it. Like, I'm not... 
I'm not like not like excited in as much as I think it's going to be good, but holy shit, I need to I need to see what this is. Yeah. Oh god, I'm going to wait on that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just over an hour, so I think this is a pretty decent place to call it. We got through quite right. a bit of uh, yeah. Game of Thrones talk. So, anyway, if you're still listening, thank you for joining us. My name is Tyler Pino. And I'm Gian Gomez. Get out of my house. Get out of my house.